Serge Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh baby. There's a mistake and a throw. Puck by Bridget. He's going A taser from Jonathan Taves is first. there hockey fans we're on the air it's talking hockey the hockey talking show i am co-host tom i've got with me as always my good buddy co-host randy how's it going folks i don't know why i just said your name like that (laughs) (laughs) but hey uh welcome to the show it's season two with the kickoff you may have seen uh episode 2.0 which was kind of our warm-up a little bit of a preseason warmy, you know. We we took a, a lap around a fresh sheet of ice, no buckets on, nope. and just kind of like you know got a feel for the puck or whatever. And then we hit the room, and now we're back. It's game time. We're ready to go. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us. Um, some big news right off the hop before we get into our local beer of the week. Um, we are now partnering with UMFM, which is the University of Manitoba uh, campus station, um, to get our podcast out there. So they're we're, they're kind of using us as uh, a guinea pig in a way, but uh, we're we're very happy to be experimented on. And so basically, now you can find our podcast um, right on the UMFM website. You can listen to it and download it right from their website. You can subscribe to uh, iTunes uh, podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, uh, and get it delivered right to your phone or, or iPod or whatever device you, you listen to podcasts on. Uh, we're now on YouTube, so you can listen and or watch that way. And um, what else am I missing? Like, we're, we're out there now is what I'm, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, season one, we kind of tried the the old SoundCloud thing. Yeah, and, which was uh, great. It was good. It worked. Um, there was the limitations for amount of uh, minutes you can have up there. So now we're just exploring other uh, options here. And we were graciously approached by Jared from UMFM. Yeah. And he said he wanted to work with us. And we're uh, super thankful for uh, everything that he's, oh, all the time he's put into. He has been so helpful. So thank you, Jared. Uh, big thumbs up there to you for sure. Um, and, and you know, while we're talking about UMFM and campus radio, community radio, it's something that I've been involved in in the past. And it's pretty, it's a pretty great, you know, resource for, or whatever you outlet for people to, to get their creative side out there and, uh, you know, I, I love I love campus radio, community radio, and um, it's actually funding drive for UMFM right now or starting very soon. So go to umfm.ca, I believe it is, and uh, we'll put all the links up and everything. And of course, this is the podcast, the Hockey Talking Podcast, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. That really all started because of an Instagram account called Vintage Hockey Hair that I ran, which I've now just changed the name of to the Talkie, 
uh, talking hockey <laughs> pod or whatever. Uh, so, but it's all going to just be a lot of great hockey content. And, um, that's our mission. We're not, we're not, we're not insiders. Um, we're not experts. I mean, you're a bit of an expert for sure. Eh? But, uh, uh, like, <laughs> semi, semi pro. <laughs> yeah. Semi, we're semi pros here. So, but we like to talk hockey and, and yeah, somebody put mics in front of us and here we are. Um, you put the mics in front of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are mine. Uh, but no, you know, the, it's just, it's, this is our outlet to talk about the game that we love, the sport yeah. that we love. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, throw ideas around there, talk about things that we see, the, talk about things that we, you know, hear and the other media talking about, you know, the, mm-hmm. a, a lot of maybe some of the stuff that's written in the papers and you know online and stuff uh i i generally never agree with anything that they have to say yeah so it's uh, kind of like a way to yeah to riff off that and give a different perspective perhaps or whatever so it's uh you know my here's my little mini rant yeah there's like let's have it (laughs) there's too much clickbait out there especially in those uh, those headlines it just seems like I don't know. It seemed like the Winnipeg Jets decor was going to cause like global warming or something yeah, because it was no, so they bad. But definitely like a Bond villain uh, yeah. responsible for for all evil for sure. But anyways, everyone who listens to the show knows what it is, knows who we are for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking to expand our our audience and just you know anyone that loves to just shoot the shit about hockey yeah this is the show for you you can get in touch with us uh we've got either the instagram account talking hockey podcast um we've got a twitter now uh which is at talking hockey pod and you can email us talking hockey pod cast talking hockey podcast at gmail.com we'll have all the links below yeah yeah click down there um Let's get to these. Yeah, let's let's talk about our local beer of the week. So it's something we do here on the show where we feature a different local beer. There's a lot of we're at peak beer, I'd say, in Winnipeg, as as a lot of Canada probably is with craft breweries. And it it being well, it's it's just after Oktoberfest really now because Oktoberfest is kind of the last of September, first of October, and we're into um, snowstorm season here in Winnipeg. We got uh, dumped on. Yeah, we had a massive, crazy storm the last two days that dumped a bunch of snow on us. Anyway, this is by a brewery called Devil May Care Brewing Company, and the beer is called Perfektenschlag. It's an Oktoberfest Keller beer. Um, so Perfektenschlag, I've been informed, is a Dwight Schrutism from The Office. That's that's where I know that word yeah, from. So. It, I'm sure it's a real word from Germany. But. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure if it is or not, to be honest. But, you know, so uh, a lot of Oktoberfest beers are like Marzins and they're like, malty um fresh beers um and this i believe is a malty one as well but it's a little less so um uh i i don't know how to describe it but let's just crack it taste it and give our first impressions let's go for it devil may care yeah (coughs) i like it pretty good yeah so uh, Devil May Care is located at 1875 Pemina Highway, Unit 9. They're also, I think, in the same facility, kind of facility as Stone, Stone Angel. Angel. And I think yeah. Kilter is there too. Maybe okay, Kilter so you get a three for one. Yeah. And then it looks like 
You can find them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Devil May Beer. So there you go. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's good. And because um, it has that hint of like malty, you know, sweetness, uh, but it's not. I, um, some malt beers I find are, I, I don't love the aftertaste or something, but this is a nice one. It's crisp. It's a nice crisp. Beer. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Good choice. A fall. I think maybe that's the deal. Fall, crisp, whatever. Yeah. So anywho, um, new format for the show this year. Uh, and I, w- I don't know if it's a new, if you want to call it a format, but we're going to do three periods. We're going to, we're going to work through the show as if it were a hockey game. And we're going to start <laughs> with the first period as one does. Uh, we're going to go 2020 and um, roughly. Yeah, roughly. And we might need some extra time here and there. But uh, should we kick off the first period? We should. Ref's, yeah, let's get ref's into it. blowing his whistle. He says, yeah. pick up those pucks and let's get into her. He's checking both goalies. They're both ready to go. Yeah. Checks the score clock. Okay, they're good to go. Just, okay. you know, looking at the twine, no <laughs> oh, holes there or anything. A couple players are jostling there right off the draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, first period, and it's the talk and hockey hot topics of the week. Um, so... Since the season is is the NHL season is relatively new, it's underway. You know, it's about a week or two in now, and you're start we're starting to get an idea of what's happening. But I wanna I wanna rewind uh, just a little bit for our first talking hockey hot topic of the week, and that is the old Patrick Line uh, being here in Winnipeg. It's uh, his name is on the headlines more often than not, especially this summer before he had a contract done, which was done you know, last week of training camp or whatever it was, um, there were some, uh, the famous quote coming out of Finland, uh, from the, from the Finnish sports paper about how he wanted to play on the top line and maybe elsewhere he would and, and so on. And everybody in North America, Winnipeg, uh, for sure, made a bit of a stink about it, you know, thinking, oh, he's, uh, <laughs> he wants to be traded. Uh, some people were saying, oh, it's lost in translation. Um, you know, and now fast forward from that, he has a four point night just the other night against, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Div- division but, rival, Minnesota wild, who yeah. actually beat the jets, uh, five times. Every last, time they yeah, played last year, they had their number last year yeah. with the Jets, and yeah. the Jets quickly turned that back the other way and took yeah. the first game of the yeah. season on, series on the back of Line A's four point night. They ask him about that afterwards, and he says, uh, "Couldn't have done it without my teammates." Well, you know um, that that Mark Shifley pass to Line A, like right, yeah. But then his pass two, to Connor, yeah. Two 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 thoughts about Shifley's pass to Line A. Uh, thought number one. No one knew Mark was going to pass the puck like that, no, right? Yeah, no yeah, one knew. Like yeah. He carried that puck all the way through the neutral zone, kind of made his way in, took a quick look over his left shoulder there and found Liney. Yeah. Great pass. Number two, not a lot of guys can can a one-time a, a pass like that, like off no. the rush. And then he and was still all... put it on net. And, you know, you like you you look at Dubnik on that play, and he, he doesn't know what's happening. And before, by the time he realizes what's going on, it's in the, back of, in the back of the net. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And Doobie's a good goalie. He made some good saves in that game. Um, but yeah, like Line A can 
obviously rip the puck. He can rip it and you can put the puck in his feet or anywhere. Mm. And it just seems like he can still get a shot off and it's going on. So he's, so we've gone, we, we've, we went from uh, chatter about people saying, you know, we got to trade this malcontent Patrick Line. We got to get it. Yeah. He doesn't want to be here. Defenseman. You know, <laughs> it's like so, um, now people were offended very quickly when it's like, oh, he's not signing. So that means he doesn't want to be here. Yeah. So we don't want you here. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, like play, play the long game. Like yeah. we'll, with every basically with every situation that we've seen so far with the Winnipeg Jets, they're very patient. Yeah. You know, and as frustrating as that can be for a fan or for like a fanatic, even, you know, when you're watching free agent frenzy on july 1st and you know every other team's doing something except the jets yeah nothing's happening it's like frustrating because it's like oh i just want the jets to do something and get better the jets were active on july 1 i think that's when they signed my uh good bud anthony potato oh there you go it might have been a little later i don't know but But, uh i I have a feeling he wasn't on the top 50 yeah sorry (laughs) i derailed your thought there but anyways um they're just they're very good at obviously playing the long game like and and pre, you know preaching patience uh and obviously it's it's worked out for them something that we're going to maybe touch on a little bit later on in the show where we can kind of talk about the comparisons between the RFA signings that the Jets did apparently uh, you know in comparison to the other teams yeah but <clears throat> yeah we'll get into that my thoughts on Liney though it's like uh the kid was also he's also 21 or 22 21 now yeah and like you know He's had 110 goals in three seasons, yeah. way more than what Wheeler and Shifley had back at their points of their career. Yet there was so many people calling for, oh, he's a one-dimensional player. He's never going to grow. That's all he can do, blah, blah, blah. But the kid's 21. When mm. I was 21, I didn't know what I was doing. No. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing. But, yeah. you know, like... This, the, I think that gets <clears throat> lost in it a lot of the time is the age and everything like that. And, and you know, <clears throat> as he matures, I think he'll sort of be able to f- focus on his craft more and that is playing hockey. But so far you, you know, can clearly see that he's come in with a purpose. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, he's playing way differently now. Physically, and when they introduced him at the, after the contract and he came, he got here after buying his uh, Lambo SUV in <laughs> Finland there. And then he came over um, and they introduced him physically. He just, he looked more like he'd grown into his yeah. body a little. He more, looks you know? leaner, yeah, but so, uh, obviously you put the work in and yeah, something he, that they've talked about too so far on, on some of the broadcasts is the fact that Todd Woodcroft went over there and worked with him for some skills development. And One apparently of the Jets, Maurice was over and there And Maurice too. was over there too. So it's like the, the kid did his homework. Um, yeah. It's obviously still early. Uh, we're, you know, five games in. He's leading the league with 10 points. Um, I think he's co-leading with co-leading, uh, Connor McDavid, yeah. although I'm, the Oilers are playing at this moment. Let's just call him call it leading because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better that way, yeah. But anyways, he's, he's uh, off to a great start. You know, it's still early consistency is a huge thing in the yeah. nhl let's timestamp this before we get too much further here so it is currently uh three o'clock on saturday october 12th um the jets play tonight against chicago in chicago yeah. so we'll we'll preview that game but by the time that this thing yeah, is probably this, live, this won't reach you our listener until probably monday so um you know but we'll 
that part of this show is we'll talk about things, but we're not, we're going to be overly time sensitive to topics. Like we don't want to focus on things that are, are, you know, time sensitive or whatever. Yeah. So. This is more, more of a general discussion. Uh, yeah. Hockey talk. Yeah. And so later in the show too, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about um, maybe the Dustin Bufflin situation and then, and the jets in general. But right now let's just talk. We're, we're kind of focused on uh, this line a situation. So the whole, the whole situation around him. So obviously he looks like he's worked on his skating a bunch and he's kind of probably studied a lot of tape and um, teammate Nick Ehlers said he watched every shift of his over the summer, you know? So, so maybe, maybe uh, Lion A didn't go quite that far, but he, it looks like he's kind of watched some tape. He's learning the game more, you know, and, and that's natural. So it's exciting to see sort of what he can do. But I just, I just thought it was pretty um, comical that the reaction of, of people in the city uh, uh, to his whole contract holdout, which in the end won't even be remembered as a holdout because he'd never missed any games. Nope. But like you had people calling for a trade to get a depth defenseman a la Hall for Larson, you know, the Peter Shirelli masterpiece everybody remembers so fondly, right? The following like, season, Taylor Hall winning yeah, the MVP. So if you ever trade a guy like a Hall or a... Um, a line eight, <clears throat> for example, that's like untapped of offensive potential. And those players just don't grow on trees. So yeah, sure. You can get a solid defenseman back, but it's never going to be like what it's w- worth the cost of, yeah. you know, like, and also you don't get a second round or second overall pick. No. Uh, but, dropped on your lap. Exactly. So, you know, you, you're, I don't know, like the the term generational talent gets thrown around sometimes, but even just superstar talent yeah. or like elite talent. I don't talent. like that term generational <clears throat> talent. And then the word elite when talking about hockey players or skills, I find that's a real, I don't know, it bugs me. But like, no, I didn't, I'm not like yeah, no, criticizing but, you yeah. for saying it, but like, but just like when you hear reporters and, and I, a lot of it, they're always talking about Austin Matthews and stuff. And I'm just like, that's just trying to justify his price tag. But you know what? We're going to get into the Leafs in a minute. I, I would just say though, like Patrick Line has a shot that is, you know, not common among every other like no Certainly. no one really sh- shoots the puck like him yeah, and so yeah. like that's like that's one talent that he has that no one really else has mm-hmm. yet you could still he's young enough that you can still fill his toolkit yeah build with, the rest of his game yeah so and it's you, like why would you why would you want to get rid of someone that quickly especially even when you also like with the rfa situation you still can control him for like three or four years anyways yeah, so exactly. why would you Maybe when he's like twenty seven, like or twenty six, yeah. same with like how Truba ended up. Yeah, but you can still you don't control need to rush him. your your play. Yeah, um, is he six five or something like that? He's a tall guy, right? I think I think what they said on the broadcast for the Wild game is that Wheeler is six five, Line is six four, and I think Shifley is six two or six one. Yeah, so that's so a pretty like, big line. He's six foot four and he's two hundred some pounds, and he's twenty one years old. You know. I, by the time he's 25, he should theoretically be sort of grown into his body. Like you think about, like I'm a. Well, how about I, I, Shifley now? 
Yeah, Shifley's like, like 25 or 6. 26, but like think of Shifley like they a couple years. Bambi. They called him Bambi, yeah. yeah. And now he's like... Well, and I think of myself as being a tall kid. I was always tall. Uh, but, you know, like for a long time I was like gangly and I'd like hit my head on everything, you know. I'd trip over my own feet. Like, so... Uh, like to criticize line a like at this age like the kid is still developing big time and so i'm just uh, i'm pretty glad he's a winnipeg jet it's cool that he got the two-year deal i think he's probably gonna get a payday oh he's gonna cash in and like that's that works out for everybody basically you get him for two years at the at 6.5 or whatever it is yeah and hopefully he scores a bunch of goals this year and whatever. And he he looks hungry is oh, the yeah. thing. To me, he looks hungry. He's, and he belongs he's on that line. He's hounding the puck. Exactly. So I think it's a good thing um, that, you know, he's he's back and he's looking better than ever. But um, So we're uh, halfway through the first here. Yeah, so let's move uh, on to the... The Zamboni's coming out to do... or like the, <laughs> They already the, fired the, up the engine to warm her up. The, the shovel, the the ice crew yeah. like did, did the ice here on a pass. So like let's hop on to the next topic. Okay, here. let's talk about <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, their highs and their lows. It seems like their highs are like, you know, Mount Everest and their lows are Death Valley. Like they... Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, <laughs> I just this Perfecting is a part. Slug. This is a feature of talking hockey, the hockey talking show. It's uh, you get the delicious beer, but then you get that byproduct. Anywho, so the Leafs, like I was kind of catching up on some Sports Center and whatnot the last night or two, you know. And the Leafs have now dropped three in a row. Um, I think that all three have technically been blown leads. Uh, they well, that got Tampa game, they, they got blown out by Tampa yeah. seven and three. And Tampa had a slow start, and then they kind of got her going yeah. now against and the Leafs. And Stamkos ripped into his team and said, "Boys, we can't be playing like garbage." Yeah. So then, the, well, Braden Point came back too. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the talk I was hearing this morning was was about uh, defenseman Tyson Berry, who they acquired in the offseason in a trade with for Kadri and yeah. whatever, whoever that all that was. And so Barry, I mean, essentially is a is a new Jake Gardner. And and Leafs fans and media ripped on Jake Gardner so hard. Now he's in Carolina just playing his game, you know? And he's probably like Doing the Jake Gardner thing. He'll yeah, put up 50-some points. Sitting at the top of the league right now. Yeah. So, like, uh, but the the point I was hearing was that, yeah, like, is this, because one guy, it was it was Tim and Sid. And he's, one of them's ragging on Barry for being a minus four against Tampa. And the other guy's saying, well, isn't this just what we do to, <laughs> to defensemen and players in Toronto? We crap on them and then Throw them under ship the them out, you know? Yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, what do you think of Toronto? Are they for real this year? I don't know. Honestly, like it just, it seems like there's an imbalance in their lineup. Like they have a lot of great players, obviously. Like yeah. Marner, I'm a huge fan of Marner. I like the kind of game Crafty he plays. Guy. He kills penalties and he's fast. And, you know, obviously you got Tavares, you got Matthews. Nylander, I'm not sold on. Like if if I had to say like, you know, comparison nick ehlers or nylander i would pick ehlers like it, i would too and especially the way ehlers has come out of the gate this year maybe Looks i have a, a bit more experience or like You've exposure to yeah ehlers more? but to, to me whenever i watch nylander play it just seems like he's a ghost half the time yeah and um, also but, he i and 
you know, this doesn't necessarily count for his hockey, but it counts for his personality. And it, I didn't love it, but he had on like those round sunglasses that were like <laughs> yellow tinged and oh, cornrows yeah. okay. this summer yeah. during an interview. Well, maybe he should. And have I was been... like, who's wearing cornrows and yellow tinged? Like, what are you, a SoundCloud rapper? <laughs> anyway. Um, second shout out to SoundCloud there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but like overall, like, you know, they have Tyson Berry now. Yeah. Um, Anderson's their goalie. You know, I'm struggling with the rest of their lineup. Yeah. But um, so like Hyman, he's he's good. He's out right now because he got mm-hmm. a torn ACL or something. But he'll be back in a month or two. You know that like they have a they have a decent team. There's no doubt about it. You you can slice it any way you want. In the end, you're gonna say yeah, Toronto got a decent team. But I think that the media hype and the fan hype is just such that it's like you, you know they're 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 declaring themselves you know Stanley Cup finalists in October after they've won two games and then they drop three and now it's um you know they want to ship them all to Siberia and whatever it's it's just like so hot and cold there and it, it, you know it it is what it is but well, like, if you think about last year and the Atlantic Division and you had the powerhouse Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins and the 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 road to the Stanley Cup for Toronto Maple Leafs goes had to go through one or both of those cities. Yeah. This year, I, I would say it's pretty similar. I don't see much of a change and in the Atlantic, except for maybe Montreal making a little more noise. But they've had did Toronto own... add enough though to like make sure that they can beat Boston or Tampa? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and also, I think Tampa is going to come back with a huge chip on their shoulder, and they're yeah. going to make sure that last year doesn't happen again. And hey, they've got playoff hero Pat Maroon on their roster there you now. Go. So. Doesn't who matter did, what he does in the regular season. Yeah, who did Toronto add in that regard? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. You know, Kerfoot's good, but yeah, but exactly. But anyways, like, yeah. I, I I think I think a lot of the Leafs uh, talk has been focused around the big three: your Marner, Tavares, uh, Matthews, and they the three of them have such ginormous contracts, and. If we flash back to all that RFA talk over the summer, it was a lot of it was. Um, was that a segue? <laughs> <laughs> that was just a perfectenschlag uh, <laughs> gas bubble okay. rising up there. But well, are we going to go RFAs here? Well, I, I just want to touch briefly on the salary structure that teams have developed and okay. how Toronto has kind of. Remember last year, Columbus just pushed all their chips into the middle and said, give me Duchesne, give me... Dezingle. Dezingle, whatever. They kept Panarin, whoever. kept Bobrovsky. Yeah. Yeah. Took and that chance. They took a chance, and that it was exciting to see. And it was yeah. like, hmm, cool. Um, I liked them. Like I liked seeing them in the playoffs. Where teams are going to be like, hey. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So Toronto, in a way, has pushed all their chips in for their core, who they've identified as Tavares... Matthews, Marner, Anderson, Riley. Oh yeah, Morgan Riley. I forgot about whatever. Him. <laughs> but like Riley certainly didn't look great last game against Tampa. But you know, like he's a good defenseman, so you can't judge a guy on one game. But you know, uh, I don't know what their contract lengths are, all of them. But I know that they're all around for several years. Yeah, but like their share years. of the pie means that the rest of the pie is kind of made up of scraps yeah it's like uh, here's the butt end of the rhubarb let's throw <laughs> yeah. that in there you know like 
And li- listen, folks, I love a rhubarb pie, but <laughs> <laughs> but the butt end of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. So it, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think a lot of people thought that other teams were going to follow suit with Toronto's overspending yeah. in a way. And then you look at what Rantanen signed for and Connor Line here uh, and then down in Kachuk. Tampa. Kach- er, yeah, Kachuk, Calgary. Braden Tampa Point. signed Point. Yeah. Um, so I think that teams basically have determined their own salary cap structure. Because if you're Tampa and you've got Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman and uh, Vasilevsky and whoever else they got. They've got to sign Sergeyev you know, next year. If you're a Brandon Point or Braden Point or whatever, and you're like, listen, this is a good team and I could be here for several years and win a cup and just be on a, a winning team. Like, isn't that worth more than... Uh, yeah, an extra million or whatever when you're already making six million seven. As a hockey player, I think I would rather have a Stanley Cup than another million dollars, but mm. I'll never know. So I don't exactly know. right. <laughs> so we'll never know. But um, that's that's uh, last thought though on the RFAs, and then we'll go on to this next topic sure. here. Uh, I just think that going into the whole RFA situation, we had like the the impending offer sheets that were going to happen and all this stuff. Apparently Kyle Connor did have one and he refused to sign it. Something who knows it could be right. speculation or hearsay. Or whatever. I think I heard something about that though. Yeah. But anyways, you think about the whole, like looking back on it now that it's pretty much done except for, I think there's one or two holdouts. Uh, that, that guy in Dallas. Yeah. Honka. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, Love that the name. Jets had two RFAs, two high end RFAs to sign. Everyone else just had one in my opinion. And here's my homerism, but I think the I think the Jets ended up coming out on top on the whole RFA situation because they actually had two guys to sign, yeah, and they got them done. Yep. They got them signed one long term at a good good deal, and the other one short term at a good deal. Yeah. So I think, and then you look at Marner, is signing for whatever it was for like nine mil or I don't know what it was six years something huge that like it was ten ten something mil yeah. Double but anyways, digits. that that just to me that just seems like. Not quite as good as yeah. uh, signing two guys of of their caliber mm. and uh, having them for, for tied up for the years that they got. But yeah. anyways, I think that's part of that Toronto <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if I said this already or if I said this before we recorded. But like, you know, you can get a forty dollar hamburger in Toronto and you can pay five thousand dollars for a condo. It doesn't mean it's a good deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just those are Toronto prices. Yeah. So maybe that translates to hockey as well. So all right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's move on to our next talk and hockey hot topic of the week, which is hot starts. Where, where are we at in the first period? We're running into the intermission here a okay, little bit. That's but... fine. The Zamboni can wait. We'll yeah. just be, we'll be real quick about this, I think. Um, hot starts. Oh, geez. We still have to do this, too. I know, eh? But like... <laughs> okay, we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina, <laughs> unbeaten so far. Edmonton, unbeaten so far. They're playing at the moment... I don't know what the score is. It was 1-1 when we kind of turned it off there. But um, what do you think? 2006 all over again, Carolina-Edmonton final? Well, as we learned <laughs> last year, when you're in dead last in January, you can still win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So hot starts to me don't mean a thing because it's a long season. Yeah. You're in it for the long haul. Also, all you got to do is get to the dance. And then when you're in the dance, you got to find the right girl to dance with. Mm-hmm. And you could end up going all the way. So. And conversely <clears throat> to Buffalo or to, to, to St. Louis last year being in last place and then coming back and finishing strong and winning the cup, 
Buffalo last year started really well and actually had like a nine or ten game win streak. And they were, um, you know, they were sitting pretty, sitting high up in the Eastern Conference. And then in the last, you know, back half of the year, they just uh, did not play well. So, and, and they missed the playoffs. But Buffalo looks good already this year again. The hot starts here. Edmonton won 4 1. Oh, they did. Okay. So, so they're, they're unbeaten still. Yeah. <clears throat> How about that, eh? And I mean, good for them, I think. Uh, it's about time. And, you know, I'm a. I'm a closet Oilers fan in a way. I like, I've always kind of, you know, dating back to the Gretzky days, but I've always been a, a guy who likes the Oilers. And it's been painful to see their sort of decade long struggle. But like, if they can, if they can keep this going, I'm, I'm on board. I like it. Um, I just, you know, when they play the Jets, obviously we uh, hope the Jets win. But <laughs> like, otherwise. Hey, good. I, I good. think it's a great start, you know, and it's good to see Carolina after they had a strong season last year. Um, also, Anaheim is having a good start right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think the good teams come around. Yeah. And and their depth shows. And, uh, yeah. you know, some, some teams just might be more fresh or whatever it is. Um, you know, maybe yeah, they, you just they catch had, lightning in a bottle. And they the had way longer it, off seasons or whatever. Yeah. And, whatever it is and the 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 excitement is maybe flying higher in certain cities or whatever yeah. like that but i think i think the parody will work itself out here soon and uh the the usual suspects will kind of rise okay. back up to the top so so going on that let's let's fast forward to american thanksgiving which is november something or other and that's a line where they often say, statistically, if you're in the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, then you're going to make the playoffs. I think that got thrown out the door last year, though. Sure. Yeah. But, like, but statistically, I think it's relatively true. Like, There's going to be your outliers, but overall, I think it's probably a relatively accurate statement that you could look at the teams by by american thanksgiving and say yeah 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 that's a good I think you team. got a you got a pretty good idea yeah so so let's fast fast forward to to that date right now who who do you think we, we don't need to go one through eight but like let's say like who's leading the pack in the west and in the east and who are some teams that maybe have surprised and are are sitting there in the in a playoff position who do you think so by division or what are you, what are you saying here? Uh, let's just do conference. Like. Okay. Well, I, I honestly, as, as much as this hurts me to say, I think Vegas is going to be one of the stronger teams in the West. And I think a lot of that falls with Mark Stone. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he's now in a, in a home. He's there long-term. He, he, he's, he's a, he's a winner. He's a, hard, he's a hard, he's a, he's a hard, hard worker. There's a great team around him. Yeah. Um, great goalie, just depth, like, you know, yeah. in every position. Yeah. So I think Vegas is going to be one of those stronger teams um, out of the West. As far as playoff time, I don't know. Like, I still have that Marc-Andre Fleury memory of him always kind of caving in the playoffs. Mm. Um, even though he kind of... a few he, cups, though. Well, no, he has a few cups. But, like, if you think back... To what, like... Uh, the third cup was not... That was Matt Murray, but the other two were... Yeah, but there was, like, those classic series with Philadelphia and Washington where he would yeah. get lit up by, like, yeah. six goals or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. there is, like, the Marc-Andre Fleury history the of... The Flurry of, factor. Yeah, the Flurry factor. I would, I would say that 
that would be the only thing maybe out of Vegas that I would see maybe getting in their way. Um, I just think a guy like Mark Stone, though, he's going to put that team on his yeah. back and he's going to go for it. Okay. What about the East? Who do you see being uh, the team? I'm not quite done, East? though, with the West. I think Colorado okay. is also going to okay. be a team. Yeah, yeah. That after seeing that their, their run last year, everyone else, they have another year of experience. That line of uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen, plus they added like some depth center with Kadri, uh, uh, Makar, Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, this Gerard. is like his first full season. Yeah, they have we'll solid D. I I like uh, Colorado's chances in the West for sure. I think in the Central Division, they're kind of it's a bit of a crapshoot. I I think I think Nashville's days. Don't get me wrong, still a good team, but I think their days of leading the Central Division are maybe done now. I agree. I think Rene is kind of yeah slowly. So dwindling. I could I could see. And I, I know a lot of people maybe don't um, have the Jets penciled in there, and maybe being a bit of a homer view, I do. But I I just think the central is between the Jets and the the Avalanche. I think I think this year works better for the Jets, not having like all the focus on them, saying like they're such a powerhouse. The year before they went to the Western Conference Finals, and now they still have everybody, and they're going. I think I think expectations got the best of them last year. Mm. I think this year things are maybe a little bit better because they can kind of play with a bit more bite. Well, and all the turnover <clears throat> on the blue line has all the uh, uh, skeptics, you know, uh, questioning whether yeah. or not this is a playoff team. But I think that if they can sort of buy into their system and play the right way, they're going to get by with the blue line that they have. Do I love the blue line that they have at times? No. Well, let's but, wait. We're going to get to yeah, this. We'll get into so, that. So, yeah, Vegas, Colorado. I think Tampa still has, like, something to prove. Okay. They still have most yeah. of the lineup from last year. It's hard year. to bet against Tampa in the East because you just look at that roster and there's nothing wrong with it. And then as far as in the Metro, I don't know. Pittsburgh seems like they're in tough now, especially with Malkin being out for a while. Yeah, uh, which is a shocker to me. I, I mean, not the injury, but just admitting that maybe Pittsburgh is in tough. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Murray looked very regular in his oh, yeah. <laughs> couple. Well, that goal that Ehlers Ehler scored on him, he didn't even move his glove. Yeah, yeah. I know, eh? But um, I think uh, other teams in the Metro, you have uh, Washington. Yeah, Washington looks strong as ever, really. Yeah, Philadelphia, I still don't much, think they're, I don't know. They I, look much improved. I, they're, I don't think they're contending though no, no but uh i don't know i would say overall my my if i had to predict right now i would say that the jets are making the playoffs but in a wild card position mm-hmm. i would say that vegas is going to be a super strong team out of the west um i would say also say tampa bay but yeah. <clears throat> at the same time those are kind of like low low risk picks yeah for but sure at the same i don't know like what do you, you think about carolina do you think their starts for real because remember last year in the playoffs, how like they were, they were the dark horse. They were, they looked great. They were all buying into Brindamore's uh, system and whatever. And they, um, you know, there, there was a team that you could kind of get behind and be like, they were like, you know, they looked good. And, yeah. and so far out of the gate, it's more of the same. I would say that they look like a great team, but I don't think they're like in that upper echelon sure. of, of, of teams in the league right now. But they're a playoff team? They're, they're making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I can agree with that. Um, sure. We are well into <laughs> the, the next period here. <laughs> so maybe we should, uh, did we pretty much cover? I mean, we, we kind of talked some jet stuff. Um, well, we can go over that in the, in the third period. Sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a, let's first... take our intermission here. Yeah. Uh, everyone, uh, enjoy, you know, getting up. Uh, yeah. Go get a hot dog, a pretzel, uh, what else, what else do people get in the intermissions? They get beer, they go pee. They stand in line forever. Most of the time you're standing in line at intermission. Yeah. 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 So, all right, go stand in line and we'll be right back. Cool. Well, Rosalina made a game-saving play on Dale Howardchuck, preventing him from getting a pass across to Dave McElwain on the two-on-one. And he may have saved the game there in the second overtime period by Hawking down Thomas Dean. All right, welcome back for the second period of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You got co host Tom right here, you co host Randy over there, and we are uh, the refs ready to drop the puck on period two, which begins with our vintage hockey hair segment. This is the segment inspired by the Instagram account, uh, which used to be called Vintage Hockey Hair, but now you can just hashtag it Vintage Hockey Hair. That was a very uh, cool thing to do, don't you think? Uh, with the uh, for those of you listening on audio only, I just made a symbol with my <laughs> fingers that uh, represented a hashtag. Anyway, I'm gonna shut the fuck up now and talk about Steve Durbano. You know him? I know the name. I yeah. know. His, I know the name for one reason only. Okay. Uh, what is the reason? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the guy who ripped off Bobby Hull's. Yeah, that's the legend, eh? Um, so yeah, the legend goes that the old Winnipeg Forum in the WHA days, uh, or sorry, Winnipeg Stadium, I guess it was, eh? Well, arena, I think. Arena. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, back in the WHA days, there was a, a melee, as was the norm, and uh, and Durbano just plucked that. Uh, what do you? I'm trying to think of a cool nickname for a wig. I don't know, toupee, rug. whatever. Yeah, rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he just. Yeah, he just. But ripped. if you're familiar with, um, it, here actually, just was, lift lift that book up there. Uh, that's that's a picture of Bobby Hall right there. There you go. <clears throat> um, but if you think about the progression of Bobby Hall as a hockey player, when he was like ripping clappers as, with the Chicago Blackhawks, his hairline seemed to be increasing with his goal totals <laughs> and then all of a sudden he came to winnipeg and it <laughs> went the other way funny how that works but eh? uh, apparently uh mr durbano had a problem with the uh carpet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh he did something about it but yeah so uh, and then i guess he just kind of like it was like a dry and it was it was the kind of toupee that is like it's like stapled in. It's or like glued on yeah. or whatever. No, like there was blood. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't pretty. Of course, uh, being the late seventies, there wasn't the uh, cameras everywhere, right? So, um, anyway, that's that's one thing Durbano is definitely famous for. So this summer, um, I was driving to uh, Ear Falls, Ontario, on Canada Day, or the day before Canada Day. I'm going to hang out with my brother up there, and. Uh, there's this five part or six part podcast series put out by TSN that is just called Durbano, the 
story of Steve Drabano, whatever. So I, I, I listened to the whole thing on the way out there and man, that's one of the, like, aside from our podcast, that's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, even better than Serial and all the rest of it. Right. But like, it's so, it was so interesting. What a character, what a character before, before hearing this, I had only ever kind of heard of him as the guy who once ripped out Bobby Hall's wig. And I learned of that through my wife, who's not even really a hockey <laughs> fan. She just heard um, on the on like CBC radio one day about this story. And she told me, she was like, hey, do you know who Steve Durbano is? And I'm like, uh, no. Uh, anyway, so I, I made a post. This was uh, 2017. So about two years ago, it was the spring of 17. I made a post about, about Steve Durbano with his excellent hockey hair. He's kind of just got like, well, he's got a mustache that just kind of hugs the, excuse me, hugs the lip, you know, kind of creeps down the sides of his, of his mouth there. And his hair is just like plastered over the one side. And he's got the big seventies sideburns. Like he's looking good. Like there's, there's, when you look, when you think about this 1970s, you think that guy, Hey, eh? like that's just that's, <laughs> that's set, full on. Yeah, that's St. Louis Blues or what? Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, so this the story with Durbano is that he was uh, drafted actually in the first round, uh, number thirteenth overall to the New York Rangers, and uh, he never played a game for the Rangers. Uh, I'm not, I can't recall exact details of what happened there, but he uh, went over to St. Louis. And he signed a contract with St. Louis, which at that time was big money. It was like a million dollar contract or whatever for a few years. And he was essentially a goon, if you want to call it that, right? Like he was, he was a scrapper. Um, I think he had hockey talent, but his role became that of a enforcer, but I don't think in those days it was called an enforcer. I think it was just hockey player because that was that was the Broad Street Bullies days, right? Like there was a rough and tumble league, and uh, and he sort of became that role, and he just he became the showman who would just you know like he was he'd be climbing over the glass and all the rest of it, right? Just fighting everybody in his way, but you know that takes a toll on a guy, so he. He, uh, I think, developed some substance abuse issues, you know, definitely was drinking. There might have been some other stuff. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too long sort of before he was out of the game. But I think there was, in the podcast, there was an injury that sort of, I think, a broken hand or something like that that kept him out for quite an extended period of time. And a lot of his troubles kind of began at that uh, juncture or whatever. And... Anyway, just a really, really, really interesting story. So I would recommend you going over and listening to that podcast because it was pretty sweet. And uh, you learn a lot about him. And it, it takes an interesting back view as well of his background. And then also like where he ended up. So after his playing days, <laughs> the other thing he's kind of famous for, other than ripping the wig off of, um, of uh, Bobby Hall is he was known for going to jail for smuggling cocaine. <laughs> he he <laughs> went down to Columbia and uh, 
like tried to smuggle it back in his shoes or something like that. And apparently in the, when you listen to the podcast, it was either, it wasn't the first time he had done it, I think is what they hinted at. But, um, you know, he got caught and, and he served time for it and then he got out and then he was like paroled and stuff. And then he got arrested again later for, um, running like an escort ring. So like, you know, he was hard times and didn't make the greatest choices. And, and, uh, and I think he was drinking a lot and all the rest of it. And then sort of the podcast ends up, he goes up North to Yellowknife and sort of discovers himself and becomes one with the land and all the rest of it. And he died of liver failure or some complication to alcoholism. I'm pretty sure is what it was. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty sad story, really. But, like, they did a really good job of making you know. Like, I'm driving to Ear Falls on Canada Day or whatever, and it's a beautiful day, and <clears throat> I'm in this lush Canadian, you know, forest or whatever, and I'm, like, listening to this, and a little single oh. tear rolling down my cheek as I'm hearing of, of, of what ended up happening to Steve Gerbano. But I, as far as the vintage hockey hair goes... I think if there's, you know, you you hear about beauties. Yeah. Derby? Did they call him Derby, I wonder? Yeah, I think he would have been a Derby. Or Derby. Derbs? Hey, Derbs. Yeah. Um, hey, Derbs, I'm going to need you to pound Buddy's face in tonight <laughs> yeah. for me. Would you do that? Or if he's got the puck on the board and you're yeah. going, do you yeah. say Derbs or Derby? Derby. Uh, that's a good question. A Derbs or a Derby? So here's a question. In the podcast, yeah. did, did they actually say that it was him that ripped off the toupee is or is so that, that became, or was that like was that like a uh, urban legend no it was addressed as urban legend and i think it was like yeah he did like that that happened but does it say that in the podcast uh or do you remember i don't recall because funny story mm-hmm. here i am doing some research yeah, yeah. in this book that you borrowed yeah so it says uh, so they're talking about this series uh jets versus the um, the Bulls. What which team would be the Bulls? Birmingham Bulls. Birmingham Bulls. Yep. Okay. Holy so, Jesus! Look at the penalty minutes he had in that season. <laughs> <laughs> so it says here in Game One, the Jets scored five power play goals as they blitzed the Bulls nine to three in a game that will be that will forever be remembered in Winnipeg for Lafer. Hair. <laughs> Early in the first period, well, why not let Dave Hansen tell it? Okay. So here's Dave Hansen. Yeah. He's, he said, and this, by the way, this is in Ed Willis's book called The Rebel League. It's about the WHA. Great yeah. book. So he says, I looked at that series as my opportunity to go out and make an impression. So I went out there on my first shift and I thought I had Bobby lined up, Bobby Hull, but he flattened me. The next time I tried it again, and I might have got my elbows up a bit, and we went at it. So we're fighting, and the place is going crazy. Then all of a sudden, it's like someone flipped a switch. The noise stopped. Everyone (laughs) else stopped. I looked in my hand, and there it was. Bobby's toupee. (laughs) I threw it down, and and it just lay there. Hanson indeed yanked off the great man's rug. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, I, I always I always thought it was Durbano. Yeah, but maybe it was Dave Hanson. But yeah. anyways. Because I think in the podcast, if I remember correctly, that came up as part of his, you know, but it, what, I like, 
Jeez, uh, I'd had to re-listen. I don't recall because it was months ago now. But like, I, I don't think, I don't think they ever answered it directly or whatever. But so one more thing here: Game Four marked a resumption in hostilities. A sign greeted Hull: "Hair today, gone tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so times. that series, according to Steve Durbano's stats. Uh, for the Birmingham Bulls in 77-78, the playoffs were four games long. Uh, he ended that series with two assists and 16 penalty minutes. So not too bad. But like that season for the Birmingham Bulls, he played 45 games, 10 points, 284 pims. But like, so his career, he played for the Blues, the Penguins, the Kansas City Scouts, and the Colorado Rockies of the in the NHL. He had 220 NHL games, finished with 73 points and 1127 penalty minutes. Like this guy was a penalty machine. He played in his junior career in Toronto, he had 371 penalty minutes in 53 games for the Toronto Marlboros. Wow. It's insane. So in the NHL, his most PIMS per year was uh, his rookie year with St. Louis, 49 games. He had 231 PIMS. That's just nuts, eh? But like, hey, he was, uh, he was, he was not somebody to mess with on the ice for sure. He he played that old time hockey, eh, coach? But um, he got pucks deep, I think. Yeah, just a. Like, just one of those awesome, interesting characters of hockey's past. And so I would recommend that podcast and recommend this book here, the WHA book. And Yeah, like, I was quickly able to reference that in this book because in in the index here, if you look under Steve Durbano, there's like one, two, three, four, five different entries okay, so in, in the book. You, so, yeah. like, it was, like, he's all over this book. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. his WHA career was just like one year. That one year with Birmingham was the only year in the WHA he played. Isn't that crazy? I dig it. Derbs. Yeah. Derbs. Derbs. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking here. Far side, Derbs. <laughs> <laughs> Middle, well, Derbs. Middle. He looked like he could pass the puck. Like I say, he could play, but I think in, the, in that day and age, it was more about what you could do with your knuckles than with the... Uh, the soft hands wheel derbs wheel wheel <laughs> so check out hashtag vintage hockey hair all one word on instagram and you will find a a plethora a plethora of uh photos and such of of beauties through the years you know so i've, I've been working i've been working the phones here okay we have a little surprise for our guests here that's going to come out in the third period yeah but i've been working the phones and uh, you just make sure everyone stay, stays tuned until okay. the third period when we've got something special, something like uh, innovation, maybe. I love it. I can't wait. It's, it's brand new. Let's move on to the, sec- the back half of period two here. It's time for the local legend of the week. Local legend. And this is, this is my part of the show where I like to take, uh, you know, at, at first it was inspired by Winnipeg hockey players, but we've expanded the border to the province of Manitoba, the province that we live in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to date, there's some great hockey players, past, uh, current, and, you know, future NHLers that are going to be... I know a couple kids (laughs) who I'm keeping an eye on and thinking, 
One day, <laughs> one day, kid. And if not the NHL, well, then I'm going to recruit you for Caressa Steel. Yeah, <laughs> we need some. We need some uh, future uh, young, firepower, young blood. So uh, on this week's episode of the local legend, I'm kind of going back to where my family originates from here in Manitoba. Okay, and that's the Parkland region. Yeah. So that's like that's that's kind of towards Saskatchewan a bit. That's your Dauphin. That's your Gilbert Plains. That's your Grandview area there. All right. Uh, you got your Ethelbert. You got your. Uh, so you're, it, uh, Riding yeah. Mountain National Park is a landmark yeah, area so where people know. North so it's of kind that. of northeast, north. northwest of that a bit, or yeah. So basically, if you go straight north from Riding Mountain, you're gonna hit Dauphin. Yep. In maybe what twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, I think. Okay. And then you head straight west, and then you have Gilbert Plains, and then you have Grandview. Yeah. And this week's local legend comes from Grandview, Manitoba. Okay. He currently plays for the New York Islanders and his name is Ryan Pollock. Okay. Nice. You know what? From I'm gonna... GV, Manitoba. <laughs> is that, that's the locals call it, GV? Oh yeah, GV, yeah. Hi, GV, but yeah. I gotta go down to the co-op at the GV. Um, I th- actually, I think the co-op's in Gilbert. Oh, uh, hey. well, yeah. fair enough. But, so, uh, my admission about Ryan Pollock is that I always... Uh, that's the first time I've heard his name pronounced, essentially. I always thought it was Pulak. Well, it could be. We might have to get him on the horn here and ask him. <laughs> he might be busy, though, training for a National Hockey League oh, game. yeah, fair enough. But anyways, um, it says, uh, you know, from, from the stuff that I brought up about our boy Ryan here. And Ryan, just uh, if you ever listen, uh, it'd be cool to have you on the show even. Yeah, we come could, on down we here. We could talk some hockey. Yeah, bud. Um, pretty sure you're really good at it. So anyways, the cool thing about Ryan is that homegrown, you know, he grew up obviously in the Parkland region, would have played for the Parkland Rangers, like AAA, Bantam, Did probably they, Midget. They have Rangers across their jersey like this? I, I would assume so. Like, it would be silly yeah. if they didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, maybe they went for the Shield logo. Oh, yeah. That, that one was cool, too. Yeah. That was like from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, he actually got to play for the Wheat Kings. So the fact that he just had to go up the highway from from Gilbert or from Grandview to Brandon, and he basically played a What's few that, seasons. Uh, one or like two hour two drive? hours, yeah, yeah, two and a half or uh, hour and a half, two hours. But anyways, he was drafted. Um, uh, he played his entire major junior hockey career with the Wheat Kings, so he basically got to go straight from home just to Brandon. Yeah. So that you got to think that that kind of helps development because you're For still sure. close to home. Get you're, that home cooking. Your family can come still watch you for Do a bunch of games. laundry at mom's house. Um, cool thing is that um, he was actually a first-round selection. So 15th overall. In the NHL? In the or NH- WHL? No, in the NHL. Yeah. So in, in, in 2013, he actually went first-round 15th overall. To New York Islanders? For, yeah, for a defenseman. And that's pretty good because, you know, for the most part, you're looking yeah. at drafting forwards and stuff. Like, yeah. not, not a lot of uh, high dr- defensemen unless they're, like, elite are going quite high. That's right. Uh, kind of thing. But uh, he, like I said, he's from Grandview. So it's kind of us, like I'm in Grandview quite often uh, throughout the year. And Grandview is probably a town of a thousand people. Yeah. You know, and the fact that someone is from that town and they're playing in the NHL. It's kind of like a standard cool. small prairie town though. The prairies are just littered with towns like that, eh? Like the train thou- passes through, you know. Thousand people here, thousand people there. Yeah. Thousand people there. And and then yeah, it's just like what what do you do in the winter? You well, everybody plays hockey, I yeah. guess, right? 
So he, a uh, couple cool facts about him. Uh, he played on the 2012 World Under 18s. So I guess that would be the Ivan Halinka tournament. Uh, they won bronze. Uh, he had two points in six games. Respectable for a D-man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his best season with the Wheat Kings is uh, in 2013-2014, he had 63 points in 66 games. Wow. So he was almost a point-per-game defenseman the blue line. in the WHL. That's crazy. That's really good. Um, so he, he made his NHL debut, uh, I guess, three years ago, February 28th, uh, 20, 2016 and he recorded his first NHL goal ever March 17th in a 4-2 loss to the Nashville Predators but cool. I, I, I just Dude. think like to me the you know you have your uh, Mark Stones you have your Jonathan Taves you have like all those guys that are coming from like Winnipeg where they're playing like with like the club teams here and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah. But yeah, what I thought was really cool also Nolan Patrick. Um uh you have like someone like him who b- basically came from small town Manitoba. Yeah. Played in like, you know, the rink that we all grew up playing in. Exactly. That that kind of like with natural It wasn't ice like and, he went to some sort of special academy or whatever. Eventually and maybe he down the road he when he was playing AAA he For sure, he had kind of had that club team experience, but he would have grown up in a small town. And uh, you know, the Adam and Pee Wee ages and all that are just, yeah, like exactly yeah. right. Like, and the one kind of final capper, and this is something that I kind of want to shout out to their family is that I believe it was back 2010, somewhere around there. Um, the family was traveling, I guess, uh, to go see one of his older, older, older brothers play hockey, yeah. And uh, the family got in a car crash, and actually, I think he's got. Th- two brothers so i think there's three boys and what the one brother actually passed away in the car crash oh, so like leading leading into like you know his young hockey career um and then eventually to where he is today playing in for the new york islanders he would have had to definitely face some adversity Goodness. pretty yeah. pretty early in in his in his life and his career and the fact that I'm sure on a day-to-day basis he's thinking about his brother, yeah, and uh, probably probably playing a lot, you know, thinking about him. So That's I think you know, for for someone like that coming from a small town, um, battling against you know all the big hockey clubs that are coming out of big cities and stuff like that, yeah, uh, he was able to you go know, on and play, to get noticed, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, he's a go- went on to be able to play a pretty successful career in the WHL with the Wheat Kings, the the team that's very close to close to home. And now he's, uh, I think, on his last year of his ELC. So next year he'll probably get get his first Cash real contract, or yeah. well, not that this one isn't real, but, but yeah, his yeah, first yeah. contract outside we'll, of ELC, and we'll get paid. And he's a great defenseman. Like he's he's like he's that kind of player. And a lot of these guys, it's like this segment kind of grew out. It's like, man, I would love if there was like a hometown boy on the Winnipeg Jets. I know, right? But there isn't yet, and maybe it's because I don't know. It'd be a lot of pressure. But the fact that it'd be pretty cool to see Ryan Pollock patrolling the so blue line was on there, the right side, but maybe we'll get to that. Was in there the not period. just a bunch of ru- rumors flying around about uh, Pollock for Ealers or something? Something like that, yeah. We're so totally butchering crazy. his name. So, yeah, Ryan Pollock is yeah. what I believe it is. So, yeah. But if we're getting it wrong, sorry to yeah, the family. Sorry, but, but, yeah, no, that's – well, that's heavy. That's crazy. Um so I had two questions, and one was, 
did he play for the Wheat Kings when like Mark Stone and those guys were there? Like, what, at what point was he a Wheat King? He I th- he would have just been like uh, right after them because <clears throat> okay. Stone I think would have been like ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. And I, I think Ryan Pollock kind of came, came in right next, after that. And wave. yeah, he, okay. he, and then, you know, another guy who was on weekends with uh, Provorov mm. right oh. now for Philadelphia. Oh. Oh, interesting. So they had, they had a couple good years of like, well, they did. Solid, I, solid I saw players. the Wheat Kings play mm. against Regina a few times back, uh, probably around 2012. Cause I saw Mark Stone and there were some other dudes and, and well, Michael uh, Furland. Yeah. It would have been there. So interesting. So, um, and then the other question w- that I was going to say is, wasn't there just rumor, maybe it's just rumor that went around, that the Islanders offered Pulak or Pulak uh, a draft pick and Josh Hosang for yeah, Ehlers? I, I, I posted that, or I found that rumor and I pasted that into our little conversation. Yeah. Who knows if that's actually true? Um I, I I would say that I'm glad that the trade didn't happen. No, I, I as much we got to stick with our boy Patty yeah, over here, Winnipeg. As much as I think um, uh, Pollock is a good defenseman, um, I think we covered it earlier in the show. Don't trade a, a, a offensive talent like Ehlers for a defenseman, right? Oh yeah, it was for Ehlers, not Line. A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, cool. So that's Ryan Pollock, Grandview, Manitoba. Shout out to my home area, not yeah. home area. I'm from somewhere else, but anyways. But yeah, but your your my roots uh, are from that area. Yeah, your yeah. ancestors are from yeah. Grandview area, the Ukrainian side. Okay, yeah. well that is actually very Ukrainian up around there. I know people from just over the border in Saskatchewan. Yeah, and the Yorkton, Yorkton Melville area. Got, well, that's where my f- and other it's side's all, from. That old area, the yeah. Parkland, it's called. Yeah, yeah. that's like. Behind the garlic curtain, there it's all for, yeah. it's all Ukrainian. A lot of pierogies and, and onions up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So that's good that's, eats. That's Pollock. Yeah. Um, next week we'll have a brand new. Uh, yeah. So that's period two. That's your vintage hockey hair player of the week. That's your local legend of the week. Let's wrap up period period two, and we'll get to number period three because we got some cool things coming up in period three. We got to get pucks deep. Yeah. Here we go. When I wake up in the morning light, I pull on my jeans and I feel alright. I pull my blue jeans on. 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 All right, I think if you have heard that song before, you know what this segment is all about. Uh, here's some here's some maybe some background if you don't know. Basically, we came up with this segment called the pants segment where yeah. I asked wearing, Tom wearing the pants. Wearing the pants. Yeah. Oh yeah, the pants segment. Yeah. <laughs> where I asked Tom to, you know, head down to the closest bay location. Right yeah. now, I guess it would maybe be St. Patel. Well, from here, probably the downtown is the closest. Oh, yeah, downtown. I keep forgetting what yeah, that downtown was. Yeah, downtown bay. So Tommy has to, like, hop on the bus to head downtown. Catch the 16, probably. And, you know, go shopping for some pants. But they have to be the pants that 
a current GM would wear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, so the the inspiration for this is basically Tommy is putting on the pants of a GM or a coach or an owner, whoever I feel fit yeah. for this question. It's uh, like basic, walk, walk a mile in somebody's shoes. I got to put somebody's pants, pants on. on. Exactly. Yeah. So eventually maybe this segment will be sponsored by your downtown bay. Yeah. Or, or maybe Vital, Polo Park. Maybe uh, it'll be sponsored by... Uh, probably one up in the winners. north part of the town somewhere. And the bay, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're kind of falling. Yeah. Yeah. There's but anyways, at least three of them around. So that's the background. So for today, the question I have... Um, for Tommy and that's why he's going to go to the downtown bay because the downtown bay is only a couple blocks away from the MTS center that's right Bell MTS place whatever you want to call it I still want to call it the MTS center yeah yeah but we get, you got to get with the times it's the Bell MTS place right that's where <laughs> corporate the, sponsorship yeah. is everything man <laughs> so basically Tommy's going to walk into the bay he's going to look around maybe he'll see like the makeup counter the, the perfume counter you always like, got to walk through them to get yeah, anywhere he'll be like oh that smells obnoxious <laughs> or something i don't know what is that ck1 yeah but anyways he finds his way to the pants department and lo and behold kevin shovel shovel day off is there i guess he needs some new pants so tommy sees the pants that he's trying on he grabs the same pair yeah tries you think on we're the same waist size <laughs> i don't know no i think maybe he's a bit bigger yeah but anyways so you're gonna be, you're wearing chevy's pants the question i have for you yeah. Is so we we came into this season. I'm saying we because we're we are part of the Jets as well. But yeah, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, coming into this season, everyone knew that there was going to be quite the turnover on the blue line because no more Jacob Truba, no more Ben Chirot, no more Tyler Myers. You know, we we're all kind of expecting all those guys to go. But lo and behold, day one of training camp, and Dustin Bufflin is not at camp. Hello. So, that was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, so everyone's kind of like, okay, here we go. Jets blue line causing global warming. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like things, things are going off the rails. Yeah. But anyways, so we have this ongoing Dustin Bufflin situation where, you know, there's people talking that they, whatever, they've heard this and they've heard that. He's coming back. He's not coming back. He's done. He's whatever. But anyways, needless to say, he's not playing hockey. So in Chevy's, you know, in wearing Chevy's pants, how how do you deal with the situation? Do you try and like fill fill the hole? Obviously, he's a you know talented player, great guy to have on your team, can be a game changer in a moment's notice. Yeah, he's a. Do you try and like you know make a move quickly to try and remedy and try and help help your D, or do you kind of just be patient, wait it out? Maybe he's going to come back. Um, because you have the whole salary. Because if his if yeah. he comes back, then his seven million dollars comes back on the books, right. and then you're kind of and then you're, you're up against the cap, right, right, right up against the cap. So in your mind, um, do you feel that the Jets need to do something immediately to kind of help strengthen the decor, or do you kind of just play the waiting game, just just see th- how things unfold? It's only October. There's lots of hockey to play. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so my thoughts have been kind of twofold on this. I've really flip-flopped, as uh, any listener any listener of the show would not be surprised to hear that I, I flip-flop on this. Um, 
but I I will try and give a succinct uh, sort of one sided answer. Like I'm I'm gonna try to not flip flop on this. Uh, pardon me one second. I need to think about it. I just need to burp. <laughs> yeah, that's your perfecting schlag. Yeah, perfecting schlag. <laughs> it's pretty delicious for sure. <clears throat> but um, so at first I thought, oh boy, we gotta do something. We're gonna have to. We gotta set a hard deadline for Bufflin, and we gotta bring in some reinforcements of some sort trade one of our forwards you know um but I've, I've come around now where i think and granted we're only what five six games into the schedule yeah so i'm um, it's a it's a it's too early to really say but i think that i'm okay with the jets decor being this sort of ramshackle group of guys who are either sort of cast offs or rookies for the most part. You know, you've got your Josh Morrison's Morrissey's you've got, you know, your uh, Dmitry Kulikov's two guys who've been in the league for some years now and can be certainly relied and classified as NHLers. But then you kind of have some guys who graduated from the AHL and you say, you know, we're not sure where they're at. Are they NHLers or are they, are they kind of AHLers max? And they're getting a chance to find out right now. And then we've got some castaways of the, of the waiver wire sort and, and so on. Um, and, and there's no replacing Dustin Bufflin. I think you can't, you can't just go out and find another Dustin Bufflin. There's, so so to me the the sort of round trip I've taken on this I've come to the conclusion that I think you take the slow approach and you sort of try to ride it out and you try and say Dusty when you're ready bud you come on back and maybe that's Christmas you know but I think you know uh, what is it? The trade deadline is like, if he doesn't come back and play before that, he's not eligible for playoffs or something like that. I'm not sure. Well, I, I yeah, I think that's the deadline because if you think back to a couple yeah. years ago when Mike Fisher came back for the national, that's the thing. like I'm thinking of it as a Fisher type. I thing. think that's kind of how that played out. This is really a, a Fisher kind of thing. And funny story. Buff likes fishing. So ba-boom <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah, no. And and so it's it's I I just think I've I've read a few things on the internet and where people are upset with him uh for for kind of putting the jets in this position. But and I and I on the one hand I can say, you know, bud, if you thought if you had any doubt in your mind before the season <clears throat> began, you thought I'm just not Hundo P for this season, then why wouldn't you have kind of let the team know that and give them time to deal with all the repercussions that that gives you? True. Like there's, there's definitely maybe a different outcome if it's like July and he says yeah, that for but sure. I, maybe then we hold on to Sherrod or somebody yeah, or Tyler know. Myers or whoever. Yeah. But 
So anyways, you're, you're, but I think we got to go the slow approach yeah. here with Dustin and say, look, take the time, you come back when you're ready. And, and <clears> then, <throat> and I don't doubt his ability. I don't doubt his anything about it. Like if he, if, and when he is ready to come back, I think he'll just come back and be, he'll be himself. He'll play yeah. like him. He does. He'll be himself on the ice and in the room. No worries. Yeah. But I think um, maybe what they could do and what they might have to do, depending on how the next couple weeks go, is they might have to look at one of their young forwards that has potential, but isn't maybe there yet. Jack Roslovic? I'm using a lot of air quotes. <laughs> so a Jack Roslovic, a Mason Appleton. Um, Veselinen? A Veselinen. You know, one of these guys who who you can look at and say, there's something there, but we haven't really fully seen it yet. I think if if the opportunity presents itself, you could trade one of those guys for a defenseman. And I'm not talking a barn buster. Is that a word? A barn buster? Barn burner? Barn burner? Uh, a gut bust? I don't know what buster. I'm trying to say. A blockbuster. Whatever. I'm not saying like a big name. I'm saying like a guy that's got NHL experience. Yeah. You know, a depth defenseman. Um, and if you got to toss in a little draft pick to sweeten the pot, as long as it's not a first, I don't really care. Um, that's what you have to do. And then, and then you can f work that cap as you need to. Like, so ideally the defenseman coming back has NHL experience and is a reliable NHL defenseman, but he's not a, a big money defenseman. So, you know, he's a guy, he's a guy who could be a stopgap or whatever, or maybe he's got term on his contract and, and so on. But like, it's just kind of something where like, it gives you the flexibility to, to, to sort of have something reliable there and, and let bus Bufflin decide what he needs to do. So Fair that's enough. kind of my answer is the slow approach. Okay. So here comes the the fun part. Yeah. This is the brand new brand new uh, part of our show. <laughs> yeah. And what are we going to call this again? The caress cold call. Okay, so we're going to we're going to cold call anyone from our hockey team right now. Basically, we yeah. might go through a couple here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the call first. Sure. So uh, we'll try him. If if nothing happens, then we'll move down the list. Yeah. But basically. This they don't know what's coming. They don't know that we're that we're phoning them, but we're gonna ask them the oh, same yeah. question. Yeah. So here we go. I'm gonna phone them. Yeah. So uh, for the listener, the caress of steel is the hockey team we play on, and uh, so this is the caress cold call. Okay, Phone's ringing. There's the dial. Okay. Come on, bud. He doesn't know we're calling. <laughs> No, he might be eating dinner. Oh yeah, what time is it? No, it's an early dinner. Okay, no, that that was okay, his. Okay, okay, right to voicemail. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to the next guy okay. here. Okay. So, um, so this segment, like like the name suggests, it's a cold call. Uh, we may get a hit here. Okay. And uh, so we're, we're do, gonna tr we're gonna try one more here. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll we're gonna keep going here, but we got yeah. uh, we got the next one here. Yeah. So let's see. So no luck on the first one. This is now a different. This is now a different player. 
Should I say who we're trying to call? We'll, we'll just see what happens here. Okay. Yeah, what's up? Oh. Hey, how's it going, dude? Good. Yeah. Good, man. Just just wanted oh. to let you know that you're uh, live on Talking Hockey right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, Kyle? <laughs> Do you hear Tommy? Hey, Tommy. Hey, how's it going? Welcome it's to Talking well. Hockey. Cool, yeah. cool. So basically, what's, Kyle. What's going on at Talking Hockey today? Well, we we just did the pants segment here, and I asked uh, I asked Tom to put on the uh, on Chevy's pants, and I asked him what he should be doing with the Dustin Bufflin situation. If he should be uh, going out there and getting a defenseman right now, or if he should uh, if he should play the long game and wait. Uh, we wanted to hear your thoughts on what what uh, Chevy should be doing. My thoughts are I'm sure glad Tommy didn't try and put on my pants because that might have been uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I think you got to wait. What can you do? Yeah, you, you play the long game? like that. And, uh, well, you got to give him a few more weeks, figure out what's going on. I mean, we don't know what's really going on in Dustin Buffman's life. So, uh, yeah, that's true. He, he's, a, he's a dynamic individual. You can't replace a guy like that. So Yeah. So, so what, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the current decor that the Jets are running right now? It's uh, inexperienced, but uh, <laughs> to say the least, looking good. Pionk's been, uh, I don't know, surprising is the word. Yeah, but uh, he uh, impressive. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know a lot about him coming in from New York, but uh, we knew he had some moves. Um, you know, has been uh, real good, and I like Pullman, very steady. Yeah, cool. Well, basically, you had you had the similar answer to Tommy. I was thinking that we yeah. should take the long approach as well, but uh, I, I like your succinctness. You were very sure of what you were saying because I kind of I took the long way around to getting to the long approach or whatever. Yeah, he, he's either going to come. He's either going to come back, or, or that cat that's going to come off the books, and that gives you flexibility. Uh, for later on in the year or, or closer to the deadline when you know what you really need to, to be doing. So do you kind of wait until close to the deadline to sort of give him an ultimatum? I, I don't think it's an ultimatum. By that point, he'll be have his mind made up, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you wait all the way to the deadline, but but you wait until, you know. Until he's ready. And, and you'll have a better sense of what, what you really need and, yeah. and who's available. I mean, there's nothing out there right now either. It costs you a fortune to get anybody out of anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Th- thanks, Kyle. Well, we won't take any more of your time, but thanks for being our first guest on the Caress Cold Call. And for your time, we'll we'll give you a beer in the dressing room after the game next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, for, uh, looking forward to the two groups. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> thanks, Kyle. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Okay. All right. Thanks, bud. Bye. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that was a resounding success. For uh, being just figured out on the fly, yeah. 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 Oh jeez! So that was uh, that was Kyle Antuchuk. He plays defense and sometimes goalie for yeah, uh, aggressive steel. Yeah, he uh, originally was a goalie. Now he plays defense. Uh, big news from Anton Chuck. Uh, he's got a new number this year. He oh, was, he was number six forever. Yeah, he's not since six anymore. No, he's going with uh, eleven now. Oh, he took my old jersey. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Well, it was also Eaton's old yeah, jersey. Yeah. Well, I had that one before. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Cullen, uh, Cullen Bingman, returning defenseman, is now going with number six. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kyle, for uh, being our first victim of the Caress Cold Call. Yeah, Caress Cold Call. Uh, I love it. Wh- whoever <laughs> the person that we phoned first will try you again next week. Yeah. So now. Yeah, how are we doing for time? Well, we we're, we're 
pretty long. We got some hey, time. Yeah. yeah. So one well, one last thing that we're gonna do is the hockey card war, nice. and this is something that we tried a couple times uh, last year. Yeah. Um, as far as basically, and this is a fresh. So last year we kind of found some packs of I hockey cards here and there, and uh, we just. Oh, I thought I had my keys on it, but. Uh, yeah, we found some hockey cards and we just like play a game of war, like take them out one by one and sort of, you know, compare cards as they come out of the pack, I suppose. But yeah, it's basically like the card game war, yeah. but you basically crack open a fresh pack of hockey cards and you put them down and then we kind yeah. of decide on the spot who wins. Yeah. So this is like a multi-pack or something. So I found this at, at, a, at a dollar store uh to be dollar store near you yeah unnamed <laughs> until we get maybe some sort of official sponsor <laughs> hashtag sponsor yeah so oh what do we got here oh this crazy. is <laughs> it's like uh a... oh here's score oh this is oh my god that's legit. like an old one yeah that's a 1990 score nhl pack unopened holy so shit the fact that. that the fact that, <laughs> Look at that. i know that's awesome the fact that these ones are see-through I okay. think I don't know. Like I oh. think I think we maybe sh should we uh, should we just go with that one and like yeah, yeah, crack yeah, it, in half? it in half yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's yeah. fifteen because there's fifteen. So so we'll have like one extra at the at Joker the, in the yeah. middle or whatever. Okay, so so I'm gonna crack open this freaking amazing pack of 1990 school. I remember buying this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, this is like uh, hey, we're on YouTube now. This is like unboxed. So can we? tag this unboxing i would that's say like so. those gain millions of views unbagging unbag yeah but anyway <laughs> there, there's like a couple um see-through packs yeah. we got some upper deck here yes. maybe uh, just for like a little maybe preamble here thomas fleischman jersey. <laughs> how, how, how would that going? feel it's like dude your hockey card is in <laughs> the dollar store pack oh and this is just a case this is just like a yeah, it's plastic weirdly case for, packaged for your uh, PK Subban card. This is like this is like vacuum pack. There we go. I got it open here. Hmm. I just want to see who's in this pack here. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Corbet. Oh, John Klingberg. Yeah. Only three cards. Okay. That's, Corbet. That's why it costs cost a dollar. PK Klingberg and Matthew Corbet. St. John Sea Dogs. Pretty good junior program out there in the Maritimes. Actually, I just uh, watched this video on, on YouTube as far as... Uh, oh, look at Kipper. Kippersov. Oh, no. Nick Kiprios. Oh, look at that. Oh, here's another local legend. Bowman. I remember these cards, man. Like those... Yeah. Look at these. This this is this is hockey history in the, in the making. Theron Fleury, yeah. local legend. Russell yeah, Manitoba. From, uh, Russell. Played his junior in Portage, I think, maybe, or something. As a terrier, I think he was a terrier, wasn't okay, he? Okay, I don't know. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna crack Mark the Lamb. Yeah. Here it is. This is the 1990 score hockey. Okay, yeah. Opening so, up a fresh pack. I'm of gonna score not look at this. It's okay. And I'm gonna just. Uh, here's the. I'm gonna split the. Let's here's see. The, One, uh, two, three, four, here. five, six, seven. I'll give you eight cards. Okay. So you'll have so the I'll one need extra. That extra. Yeah. So here's Unless one eight. of them is like this. Maybe just keep the one underneath. Okay. And we'll just uh so I would say on the reveal, 
let's like hold them up to the camera. Okay. And then say, say who it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Right. So you can shuffle your, your d- I'm mini just going deck. right off the top. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's go. So on, we'll go three, two, one war. Okay. Okay. So on war, we bring, we bring them out. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one war. war. I got Ulf Dolan. I got Tom Fergus. I don't know. Maybe we have to compare who had the most goals. <laughs> Ulf Dolan, right winger for the Minnesota North Stars. He had 20 goals, 22 assists. Oh, this guy year. had 19 goals, 26 assists. Oh, man, that's a tight race then. So let's just say goals. Well, uh, how's his hair look? Oh, this goal. Oh, he's wearing his bucket. Okay, Ulf's, Ulf's got some good hair. Okay, yeah, show the camera. Okay, let's, let's give that one to you. These are classic cards, though. Yeah, yeah. I like these ones. Okay, three, two, one, war. Oh, I think I got this one. Craig Muni. I got Brett Hall. Oh, yeah, I think Brett Hall will take that any old day. Well, Craig Muni, a member of probably Stanley Cup winning team. That's a classic looking clapper right there. Oh, yeah, that's a Brett Hall classic. You know, uh, we were talking <laughs> earlier about shots and Linea's shot and stuff. Yeah. Like... A guy for like Brett Hall. He was a guy who had a shot that nobody else had. Oh yeah. Hey. Like, and Adam Oates could feed him the puck in yeah. any spot. Maybe Shifley is Linea's Oates. And funny story, Adam Oates is Mark Shifley's skills coach. Ba-boom. Boom. Nice. Hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blown. Okay. <laughs> so one, two, three, war. I got Greg Millen. I got Bob Kadelski. So oh, Hockey Night in Canada totally. commentator right there. I would say you have this one. Yeah. This guy. Oh, and look, he's got <clears throat> the weirdest pads. Oh, those are like coach cushions. Little pillow pads. Yeah. 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 Bob Kadelski from Feeding Hills, Massachusetts. Okay. Holy school. He was first, first round, second overall. Jeez. What? Yeah. Holy. Bob Kudelski. I guess he didn't live up to the hype. No. Okay, ready? Next round. Three, two, one, war. Oh, I got another Hockey Night in Canada analyst. Oh, I got Kalo. Holy moly. Craig Simpson and Kalo. They were uh, teammates. I got to say that you get this one. Simpson Simmer, as he's known, he scored a lot of goals. This particular season, he had 29 goals, 32 assists. Not his best season, but um, he was a good player. Simmer, Simmer gets it. Yeah. All okay, right. three, two, one, war. Oh, I got Beezer. <laughs> Drake Barahowski. I got to say Beezer gets this one on yeah. his Florida Panthers mask alone. Remember yeah. that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I will say, though, Barahowski, um, I really liked him when I was a kid. I don't know why. He that, never... That's a classic Leafs jersey, yeah, though. It yeah, it is. It is. They should go back to that for Look a at those pads. jersey. Oh, yeah, those are nice. Those are classics. Yeah. Beezer. Oh, and he, at that point, he's only got the Cooper helmet with the sort of classic goalie cage and the neck visor thing. But when he went to Florida after this, yeah, he got the sort of iTech full yeah. goalie mask thing with the uh, Panthers, uh, like, the, like the jaw the jaws, of the Panther yeah. the was mouth like open. eating yeah. his face or whatever. So basically, look at this, though. Yeah. Five foot seven. When when's the last time a goalie's been five foot seven? Probably whatever year that was <laughs> yeah. that Beesbrook played. Jeez, he now, took, now, he now took, all the goalies are six foot five. Yeah, he took Florida to the Cup final that one year, eh? That they lost against Detroit or something like that. That was essentially a Be- work a, ja- a John Van Beesbrook production. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got two cards left. You have three, so you have the bonus one. Okay, so okay. do I just like take? 
Well, I'll just what? Okay. I'll yeah, take yeah. It. So three, two, one, war. Oh shit! I lost it. I got the Stanley Cup. I got John no, McClain. Yeah, I got the 1990 Stanley Cup champions, the Edmonton Oilers. Well, that's clearly the better card. <laughs> Although John McClain was pretty good. I think, is he still coaching somewhere? He must be. That's a good question. First round, or first choice, sixth overall. Yeah. From Oshawa. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, here's my last card. I've got, uh, I've got uh, ties to Oshawa, and uh, their slogan on the billboard when you're driving into town. Yeah. Um, it says, Oshawa. Prepare to be amazed. And are you? Always. Oh, cool. I love it. Okay. Uh, Oshawa, also where uh, Eric Lindros played his junior hockey. That's right. The Gens. Three, two, one more. Boom. I got plus minus leader Paul Cavallini. I got the skull Cavalli. himself. <gasps> yeah, you win for <laughs> sure. Ally Afraidy over Paul Cavallini. Yeah. Ally Afraidy. Yeah. I forgot he played for the Leafs. Yeah. There you go. And yeah, your last I rem- card? I remember him as a capital, mostly, a Washington capital. Yeah. Last, last card? card? Oh, the helmetless wonder, oh, Doug yeah. Wilson. Former uh, current GM of the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> That's right. Just re-signed Patrick Marlowe. He was after one... they told him that they didn't want him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you flip flop sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. As a general manager, you put some different pants yeah. on and you get you, you see a, a different pairs. perspective. Yeah. I think that's what part of being a general manager is all about. You just try on different pants all the time. Just flip-flop everywhere yeah. and go for something that works. Yeah. Oh, Tim is phoning me right now. Should I? Oh, let's, let's just take yeah, this. Yeah, well, let's catch his opinion. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, man. Uh, I just wanted to phone you here because we are live on the air with Talking Hockey. Oh, all right. Yeah. You're on the air, Tim. You're hey, on bye. the air, Tim. How's it going? Keep it uh, respectable here. <laughs> so anyways, we had a, we had another caresser on just before you, but since you called us back, we'll just ask you the quick question. The pants question of the week was basically Tommy here wore uh, Kevin Cheveldale's pants, and yeah. I asked him what he should be doing with the Dustin Bufflin situation. Should he quickly add a defenseman, or should he wait it out and see what happens? What are your thoughts there, Tim? Uh, I think you wait it out. Uh, I think he'll be back. I uh, uh, He'll be back. Um, I don't know what's going on, but uh, he's he's coming back. Okay. So uh, Tom, Tom just needs to. Uh, you just have to wait it out. And I uh, was on your side, Tim. I thought too. I said, I said, I said, I said. I think they should wait out a little bit and you see. Don't, you don't hit the panic button yet. Yeah. Um, they uh, they got It's good for the team because these young guys will get a chance. And, uh, yeah. Uh, he'll come back just in time when we need him. And, uh, I'm, I'm confident he'll be back. Right on. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for appearing on our segment of Caress Cold Call. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I'm sure we'll talk to you again here this season, and uh, thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys later. Sounds good. All right, buddy. <laughs> later. <laughs> Caress Cold Call's a resounding yeah. success. Holy, we're, <laughs> the phones are going off the hook here. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, Let's just take this opportunity to thank all of our uh, Caress Cold callers. Uh, and also, let's um, thank UMFM for uh, this collaboration we got going on for this season, which is pretty exciting. I'm pumped about it. Just hopefully a means to get our show out to a wider audience. And thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening on your phone, you know, uh, podcast style, or you're on YouTube at work with the headphones in, whatever it may be. Um, but we're going to wrap up season 
to episode one here with uh with just yeah general good vibes i think uh, i'm pretty pleased with the way it went yeah well the crest cold call like uh, i'm pretty pleased with that just freestyling that thing and uh we had uh two successful calls so yeah there you go if you're a caress of steel hockey player and you listen to our show then uh, make sure you're uh <laughs> dialed in and you have our phone number saved because you yeah, might the, be the future yep, future guest of caress cold call yeah turn the ringer on yeah um even if you're on the yeah crapper <laughs> <laughs> yeah and thank you to devil may care brewing company for their perfecting schlag oktoberfest keller beer it's been good uh, i like it very good yeah. yeah um i feel like putting the old uh geez louise what do you call those things knit uh the the german clothes what do you call them i don't know oh man it's on the tip of my tongue anyway get the um papa band going and uh yeah. We'll, All right. Great we'll, epi. We'll catch you next time, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, same time, same place. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. Um, you know, you know all this. You know what to do. Cheers. All right. Later. Peace.